Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is the weekly show where we talk about all things money and finance and where we give you information to help you make the best financial decisions possible. So if you want to buy your first home, you want to be better with money, you want to learn how to invest, where to begin, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe. I'm so thrilled to have you here. So without further ado, let's get going with this week's show. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Conversation of Money podcast. I hope you guys are well. Um, this week, I talk a little bit about improving credit. Now, this is a topic that I touched early on in this year um, when I started community. I think it was like week three or so. I covered this very, very high level. But I've got someone here who actually knows the ins and outs, the bones and the crevices of this topic back to back. So she's going to provide a lot of value and i'll strongly encourage you guys to go and actually follow her on instagram as well and she is the person to go to if you know your credit score and trying to improve it is one of your priorities as it should be if you're poor on your credit score at the moment because you can't do stuff without your credit score especially if you're looking to buy a house and that's going to be an agenda for a lot of people who listen to this podcast so i want to welcome laura alozi welcome hi how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you. Pretty good. I haven't actually said this since we've been speaking before I press record, but thank you for this weekend, by the way. It was amazing. <laughs> it was really, really good. That's fine. I really enjoyed it. It was um it was great to see all the questions and all the interaction. I think it just it's like mini cheerleaders and I love yeah. it. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it went better than I thought. I mean, like literally the Friday night, I was like, "Oh my god, is everything going to work? <laughs> is the technology going to work okay?" And um, yeah, the minute we got past the first session, I was like, "Okay, cool. This is going to be fine. This is going to run run smoothly." But we appreciate you taking the time, and we managed to raise one thousand seven hundred seventy eight for um, for the charity once Eventbrite take their their charges and stuff. So oh, okay. That's yeah, a, that's really good. Yeah. And people are getting helped at the same time. I, I do, um, I have had a few DMs like, oh, I really liked what you were saying. Can you help me? Um, and I was just like, yeah, just watch all the lives and contact me. So people yeah. really now, I think the the best like level of success or the best um, calculation for success is who gets helped at the end of it. And a lot of people are now checking their pensions, checking their life insurance, checking yeah. how they're managing their money and checking their credit. So that that's the best payment. Yeah. I mean, for me, this is all about, for me, it was always going to be about life skills. But, you know, like I said, the charity we were raising money for the Manhood and Womanhood Academy or Lifehood Academy is their now overarching um, body. Um, and for me, it was, I wanted to do that because, this whole argument of Black Lives Matter and then people talking about, yeah, but you guys don't even you know look after yourselves. You've got such a high rate of knife crime. And I'm like, I got so tired of hearing that. I was like, <laughs> like with black people are the only ones who have knives. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, if this is going to be your main kind of like rebuttal to something that is fairly yeah. fundamental, that, okay, let's, let's do something that will this- help help the kids yeah. in the community and get them into a place. And, you know, the work that manhood and every and everyone there does, Rio and Gina and Peaches, the work is incredible. So I thought it was a really good sort of kind of like cause to go with and try yeah. to kill two birds with one stone effectively. So yeah. it, I'm glad that it went as well as it, as, as well as it did. And, you know, well, well thank done. you to you. And you, you and um, Crystal, like well done for 
putting it all together and it did in my eyes run quite smoothly so um i didn't really see any technical hitches yeah, we, <laughs> so we, we, we were lucky trust me oh my <laughs> so, god i was so i was good. so scared i was like oh my god <laughs> Because I've had a few weeks where on the weekend, my Wi-Fi has been dead with Sky, like nothing at all. And that was my wow. number one fear. And I said to Crystal, I was like, if I don't have Wi-Fi, I'm going to have to give you access to my Zoom for you to be able to run it yourself. Um, yeah. And I was just praying and hoping, please, 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 <laughs> Wi-Fi this weekend, weekend. please. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we didn't have any technical glitches. It went, yeah. it went really, really smoothly. I had a little bit, because we were recording this, the sessions, there was one session at the end of the day on Friday that did not download. And I was panicking, thinking, right, how am I oh, going to recover no. this? So it took me about an hour and a half of YouTube and stuff to realize, right, okay, I can recover it. And I was like, okay, breathe. Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. people, people had bought tickets, because we were recording. It was like, oh, we can yeah. do it a bit later on and stuff. So, yeah, yeah that was really, really good. But, good. Yeah, it's a great one. Well done to you guys. No, well done to you. Thank you. So... For this episode, I want to introduce yourself and introduce what you do, because what you do is really important, but you're almost like uh, you're a team of one, certainly when it comes to the fact that you are accredited to do this. And that is a really, really, really important point. Um, Okay, so my name is Laura. Uh, I have, so I've been working in financial services accounts for so many years doing personal accounts, business accounts. And like I mentioned um, during the talk, I've done worked across many industries, which looking back now has helped me quite a lot in terms of communication, in terms of knowing just how how much money affects the different industries and um, also working personally with personal accounts. So how money affects day-to-day on in every kind of an individual high net worth to just the regular schmegular people. Um, and so I got into credit due to myself having a few issues and also not being able to find certain information that I think should just be there for mm-hmm. us, seen as they use this information, our credit information against us a lot. So mm-hmm. we should also be in a position to understand what it is and how to use it to benefit us. So because of that, I couldn't find much. And I was going through like a few credit fails or um, like the CCJs, late payments, defaults, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And so I was like, well, there's nothing out there. This is strange. Um, why don't I just do it then? Like I already have a lot of money experience. Um, I've done quite a few like financial, personal finance workshops. So I have that side, but then if you don't have your credit side at the same time, you're kind of, it's like you're still behind the line. Yeah, sure. So um, so that's when, that's why I started it. So I founded LNI Credit, which is an FCA authorized, financial services firm specializing in UK credit and that's why that's where I got to today so I service clients um, I help them with their credit reports so one of the services that I do give is uh, a report audit a credit report audit where I take both Experian and Equifax Um, in some cases I take TransUnion but not many uh, and I 
do a complete audit. So there's like there's five points that I run your credit report through. Mm -hmm. So how are you doing on your payment history? How are you doing your utilization and so forth? Searches, any um, court judgments, things like that. And I give uh, a huge document. So you have to love reading if you're coming to me <laughs> because this is where we all fall short. If you don't like reading, you're going to be left behind. That is just, that's the fact of it. I can't, put loads of pictures in there to keep you, you know, entertained. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's just, they don't do it that way. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that with you. Um, so I have, a, so I give you a long document, roughly around 15 pages because wow, it's that okay. detailed. Um, and for you to go away and read through and I'll give you some tips, uh, and like a plan of action going forward. And also I do a dispute service. So if you do have CCJs, I've come across, especially in the past six months, a lot of CCJs are coming up in people's credit reports for yeah. parking tickets um, that they had no idea about. So I help you tackle things like that, get them taken off your report because a lot of these CCJs are put on your report. I don't say illegally, but... Um, in a sneaky way mm -hmm. to catch you out. So just giving the information, like working with the client on getting that removed uh, from the credit report and also helping you build your credit. So giving you like products that you should use and giving you the hacks of things like when to pay your credit cards and how to get credit limit increases and things like that. So, yeah. Wow. wow it sounds a like a lot. It sounds like a lot that you do. I literally just like, well, that's, that is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah. Is it just you that's doing this? Or you got a team as well? No, You're planning to... no, it's just me. It's just me. In the, in the future, I will be looking into training other people up because like I said, these things, especially here in the UK, in, in the US, you can do a course. Yeah, They've yeah. got like certified credit, whatever, which is great for them because they have, they have quite clear laws around credit, whereas here a lot of it is hidden. Mm. The the people who do the laws or the rules here are not even the financial services. It's really? the ICO Information Commissioner's Office. Yeah, Information Commissioner's Office. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I didn't not know even that they did the laws though. Did they? They they most of the laws that pertain to like even the defaults, which is like one of the rules that are around defaults that the company has to wait for at least three late payments before they can put a default three to six months of late payments consecutively before they can put a default on your um, report. But that's not written by the FCA. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Is that the actual, is that the actual rule? That's the rule. Yeah. So before a default can go onto your credit score, the, the person who the money is owed to has to wait for three to six months payments before they can add it onto your file. So yeah, you have to have no, you can't put the, sorry, the creditor cannot put a default on your account if it's less than three months of late payments consecutively. Wow. wow. What? what? So less than three months. Yeah, so you have to have, say, January, you have to miss January, have to miss February, February have and to March. miss March. Yes, and then in April, they can put a default on your account. In your experience, how many of them actually adhere to that? 
Because I get, I, I'm pretty sure there are some that if you miss the first month, it's on the second month. Like, I'm no, sure. That, see, and so that's, if you don't know that, and you just see the default, and you see, I don't know, BT, you'll just be like, oh, it's a big company, they don't know what they're doing. No. And sometimes, and also with the default, they need to give you, I know, especially with you, utilities, they need to, there's a set of communication they need to, to give you before they can even register uh, a default. Mm. So they need to, to give you minimum 14 days for you to respond to um, one of the letters. And so when they do send you a letter, they have to, um, they have to send you the bill alongside the letter to say, we are going to take action. And they need to do that at least three times before right. they can put a default. And also with utilities, they are run by, so their laws and stuff are run by Ofwat. Mm -hmm. And one of the guidelines is you need to use more than one form of communication in order for you to now register this default or register mm -hmm. that this client is in customers in debt. So if they've only just sent you letters and they've got your telephone and email, then that's a, a ground for arguing that you didn't communicate enough. You, your guidelines are you meant to communicate with two forms of communication. If you don't have my telephone number, you have my address. So you need to send someone around to my house. If you don't have address, which is, I mean, if you will have the address, especially with utilities, mm -hmm. then you should email me. You should send me a letter. You need to use at least two forms of that communication before you can now add these things to my credit report. Wow. Okay. Now these are gems that you absolutely drop in here. Because, <laughs> no, seriously. Because once upon a time, I was really, really poor with my, my credit score was trash. Like really, like really, really people, bad. To be honest. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I, I go back now and I, I, I dread to think because I just didn't know any better at the time. And yeah. unfortunately, these companies, they drag you through the mud and make things extremely hard for you, particularly when some of this stuff, you know, remains in your file for five to six years. It's yeah. like, it's not like it's there for like a year or two. It's like five that to is, six years a lot of the time. It's, it's a lot. The majority it's like, of them is six years, the majority. Late payment, six years. CCJ, six years. Default, six years. IVA, I think it's six years. I think it's only bankruptcy is 10 years. Mm. And it could be more depending on the type. Like all these things are six years. So the, the lowest thing is <clears throat> a search, a hard search, and that's 12 months. Wow. So you, you've learned all of this, because you haven't taken a course for this. So no. you've learned this through just like stuff that you've noticed and learned for yourself. Through my tablet. And I will be up till three <laughs> o'clock in the morning just searching and searching. You know what, to be honest, because I love it. I love, I'm, so the stuff that I watch, Sherlock Holmes, like, mm -hmm this criminal investigation like I love that and I I never really saw that as a skill I just saw oh I just like because I like to work how uh -huh. who killed who and uh -huh. how and stuff like that <laughs> so CSI all those like Columbus Columbo all those kind of stuff like I love just to work stuff out even the films that I watch I tried to, I don't like scary films and stuff I like to watch things like I like the Jason Bourne stuff because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like who is betraying him it's, uh -huh. it's just that whole thing so I I 
didn't realize till much recently that I get so much pleasure just trying to find the cheat code or trying mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. the the real the like take the veil away from credit that's just mm-hmm. basically <laughs> how this is how this has worked out for me so I literally just sit there um what's uh, I've had a recent so if a cu- customer comes to me a client comes to me and says oh do you know about this I'm quite honest and say no I don't because the fact find, is you can find out yeah and I, I said no I don't give me 24 hours though and I'll come back and say look these are the rules these are I, I like to learn um, mm-hmm. read law as well so I just literally sit there and I just read read google search all of this kind of stuff just and then give the information out <laughs> I'll tell you what you know I'll, I'll tell you what really needs to happen this really what? really really needs to happen you what? need to be getting on like ITV and good morning Britain <laughs> no, seriously, as I'm the expert so on this. Shy, no, no. Shy. You're not shy. Come on. <laughs> you spoke at the event and you absolutely killed it over the weekend. You're killing it right now. But no, seriously though, people don't understand what rights they have against companies like this. And I believe look, maybe I'm a skeptic, but I believe these companies take the piss and sometimes they take the piss intentionally. Yes. Because they're like, well, we're the provider and if you're not going to give us money, they'll be spiteful with it because it is human nature, right? They'll make it difficult yeah. for you if you don't pay up or regardless of your circumstances a lot of the time because they just don't care. The fact that you know all this stuff, the fact that you are FCA regulated, you've gone through, and we'll talk about that a bit later on, you've actually gone through all the upheaval that they put you through in order to set up as a business to do this. You should be on national TV. You should be on national radio talking about this stuff, educating people because people don't know any better. And this stuff is so important. It prevents people from getting mortgages. It prevents people from like taking the next step in life. It's not something trivial. It's really, really important. And oftentimes people don't realize how important it is until they get to the point where, oh, I need this. And it's like, ah. Exactly. Yeah. One of the major things that has happened in the past, I'd say nine months, is this whole Klarna thing. And I've been, it's advertised to just general people. Oh yeah, just, you know, if you can't afford your Boohoo trousers, Mm -hmm. 30 pound, just do use Klarna. Mm -hmm. As soon as you click that, your chances of getting a mortgage uh, I would say it's completely gone, um, but it's <laughs> very slim. Mm. But people don't know that. They just see it as, oh, you know, I just can't be bothered to, or I just don't want to pay full, if I can pay £3 a week for these trousers, then then I save or whatever. It's like, no. Although you might think that this is something that's helpful to it's you, not. it's really hurting your future. Yeah. If um, a lender sees that, They'll just be like, how do you expect us to give you a mortgage for like 200K if you you're getting credit on a £30 dress? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense to us. So yeah, and payday loans, all these things that are, are meant to help people in you know times of distress actually hurts, hurts them a lot more than helping them. But people don't know that. I'll tell you what. The the most frustrating thing for me that I see on social media is this. So I had a, on Kalana, I had... I think she was like 22 or something like that. I had one of my followers message me and say, um, so I want to be better at managing money. Is Kalana a good way to do it? And I'm just like, no, because you're buying stuff without actually having the money to buy it. So yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's 0%, you're still borrowing that money. So it's yeah. that is not a 
money management tool. But how does she get to that? What marketing did she see for that to that, register that, as? That was my question exactly. So when you talk about, you know, these companies setting up and they're there to do a job. Okay. So how are you marketing yourself? Because if you're marketing yourself as a way to manage your money or to budget your money or to be more efficient in your spending, that is an absolute lie. It's an absolute lie. And I said to her, look, you know, you should never buy anything you can't afford to, but you can't afford to pay for. Just, especially, just not <laughs> especially not clothes. I mean, know? I can understand cars, you know, vehicles. Houses, like, yeah. yeah. If you can't afford to pay it outright, I can understand. But clothes, come on, a dress, mm. thirty well, pound, and you're you're doing. Oh. But unfortunately, this is the culture that we live in now in social media, where it is all about instant gratification, and it's like, oh, yeah. I get this, I can pay this a bit later on. And because this is, it's such a fast paced, money come, money go. Oh, uh, yeah, this mm. is really, really convenient. It's easy to apply for. That they're dishing yeah. these things out. People don't know anybody these days because it's 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 there, it's available. And I think what you said earlier is people don't like to read. Like no. the fine print, nobody's reading the fine print. I'm sorry, but no. nobody is. I mean, I've worked in no. for 15 years. I've never read the fine print. Although I kind of understand, <laughs> I kind of understand what's in the fine print to a certain degree because I asked the yeah. questions, okay, what is that? Then I might, but yeah. I've never sat there and read all the fine print. I've, I've skimmed yeah. it and be like, okay, that means that, that means that, that means that. But you have to understand what you're reading in the first place. <laughs> like the language sometimes can be so confusing that it's like, oh, exactly. so what does that sentence actually mean? Because it's in legal text and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, that is, that's it. So that's when I, I tell my, I do tell my clients, I said, what I'm going to give you is not just, it's not just some flimsy PDF, you know, that I'm going to tell you, do this and do that. You're going to need to also do your own work because, it's pertaining to your life. You have to make these decisions. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what to do, but if you don't understand it, you're, I will be in the same position or I'll be just as like, just like the big companies because mm -hmm. I can just give you this stuff. So I'm just like, you need to read it. Majority, some of that is education about credit in the first place. Um, so then, and I put that first, so you understand what is coming next, as in pertaining just to your credit report. There's this information, general information that you need to know in order for the next bit for you to, to understand. And yeah, and for you to be able to apply it properly. So reading is a big thing. That's why I guess I am successful in like getting all this information because I just love to read. I love to, to make sure I know what's being sold to me. Um, some of my clients, I have to tell them, what does your terms, terms and conditions say about this? Mm. And it's like, oh, I don't really know. I said, well, you need to go and find out and um, tell them like, and the thing is a lot of these things, they come on PDF or they come, yeah, they don't even put things through the post anymore. So it's so much easier now. You put it, you load it up onto your computer. Control you can do F. control find mm -hmm. and say termination and mm -hmm. go straight to that, that bit. Um, financial distress, go straight to that. Um, defaults or late payments, like all those, all the keywords that you're trying to look for. And it's, you can get it. You still need to read it, but it's just so much easier now. Whereas before they used to give you five pages on you paper. Have to scan it. And it's in like minus zero <laughs> font. And it's like, can you, have you ever read it? Like you send it to me. So now it's just so much easier. So 
they put these things in place, but they know that people are not going to read it. Mm-hmm. So you can only get ahead of them when you start reading and applying and arguing back. I had, um, and I, I'm not a law person. I, I, everyone keeps saying, oh, you should be a solicitor because I like, you know, to argue with points mm-hmm. and things like that. And, or a lawyer, I was just like, no, this is, uh, that's just too boring <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, but it's just like, you need to kind of have this hat on for your own life. You need to have this, like, what are the points? What are the cases? And what, what has happened before that I can use for my situation? You need to be so proactive in your financial life or else, you know, you can, you, you'll get left behind or you'll yeah. have all these defaults of CC days that you just assume, oh, that's it. I have to wait six years, not knowing that they didn't even send you the right paperwork. In the first so place, all, yeah. it, all it takes is three, four letters back and forth. And that oh, huge six year default is just gone off your credit report. But wow. if you don't read, you don't know. Exactly. Now, okay. So let me ask you this. There is a difference between credit score and credit report. Yeah. Can you just give an overview of what the difference is? Um, so I have to choose my words wisely. The credit score, I like to just be blunt and say it's irrelevant, but it's not completely irrelevant. The credit score is just for you. Lenders don't see your credit score. They don't log in to your credit report and see... 999. Yeah, they yeah. don't. They're looking they, at the report. They're looking at what is actually there. So I think I said it in a talk. It's like if you had a uni classification, I use myself. I've got a first class in accounting and finance. But that when I go when I was going for jobs, they say, well, I need to see your um, transcript. Mm -hmm. What exactly did you learn through that time? So the credit report is the transcript. It's Mm -hmm. line by line. I've got, you know. 100% 100% on this topic. I've got 20% on this topic. It's line by line. And it's, it tells you um, how, it tells you the progress. So maybe in the first year, I did really well. And then in the second year, I went down. And then the third year, I went up. Mm-hmm. So it can tell you, it tells you that. So it gives you a, a, a picture. It gives you um, a story about your uni, the, the effort you put into uni, yeah. um, your ups and your downs. That's what the actual transcript tells you. Mm-hmm. So that's your credit report. It gives you a picture, gives you a story about your financial life over the past 20 years, mm-hmm. um, depending on how long your um, oldest account is. And the credit score is just the classification. Mm-hmm. The credit score is just the points at the end. So I, 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 Tell customers or clients or whatever, so don't look at the credit score and think you're you're great or think you're bad. Because you can have a high, and I spoke to a mortgage broker about this. He had a client that had a high um, experience credit score, but he only had a utilities and a phone bill on his credit report. Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course, you're gonna it's have gonna a be high, high yeah. yeah, because most likely those are the two that you pay because you don't want your gas to cut off or your water or they can't legally cut off water but you don't want your utilities to cut off and you don't most people spend more money and more emphasis on their phone for -hmm. whatever reason yeah but then that doesn't show that you can handle credit he had no credit cards 
um, no loans or anything. So there's no evidence. So he's so got no we, tangible history. Yeah. So if we looked at his transcript or his credit reports, there's there's nothing on there. Two mm. lines. That that doesn't that gives nobody is vouching for him. No company has vouched that he is a good person that pays his um, pays back credit that has been given to him freely. Because there's different types of accounts. There's the revolt. So revolving accounts are the credit cards, the mm-hmm. store cards, and things like that. Then there's the loans, um, car loans, business, uh, personal loans. There's the mortgage. There's different types of credit that you need to have at least have had a time to show that I can handle free money in a sense that's been mm-hmm. given to me and I used it wisely. Mm-hmm. So the, the score doesn't show you that. The score just gives you, it's, it's like a temperature gauge. If it goes up, it means that you're, you're, you're doing something well. Mm-hmm. If it goes down, that means something, you've done something bad. It might be taken out too much credit or you've utilized too much of your credit card. So that's a negative thing. Um, so I say just concentrate on what is on your report. I had a, a Virgin account that was reporting the wrong name. Well, it was the right name, but it said Mr. Laura. Right, so, okay. So it's a simple typo. <laughs> but that simple typo could cost me an application because yeah. when they now look through my report, when the creditor looks through their report and it says, like, that's Mr. and that's Miss, it's like, which one is it mm-hmm. then? Mm-hmm. Um, is that, did you do that as fraud and yeah. nobody's picked it up? Yeah. So it's all these things. So you have to, like I say, I go through line by line. Is it spelt right? You're not the only one, unless you have a name that has 20 letters. Like you're not the only <laughs> <laughs> Laura in this, let, like in London alone. Like I, one of my, <laughs> anyway, so I know someone called Laura. So it's just like, you, you can easily be mistaken for somebody else. So that's why it's really important to, to go through your credit report and what is on there is actually yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a client that also has a credit card that they didn't even open and it's reporting, you know, perfectly. Whoever's got it is like doing quite well with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Paying it back on time and all of that. <laughs> but it's not, it's not my client. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's only, and they hadn't looked at their report for over 10 years. Wow. So, yeah exactly so when they looked at it and saw that okay and I said well this this is so I was congratulating like well done this is a good report this is a good um account and like what account is that that's not mine (laughs) so that's the thing like so if you was to just get an app that just gives you the score of you know 900 that doesn't tell you what's on it doesn't tell tell you what's what's on it no no. So it's really, 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 really important. Download it. You can get it for free. You can get the stat- statutory uh, reports once a year. Um, actually, there's quite a few rules around that. You can you get a free one once a year. You can request a free one if you have been declined credit. Um, and there's one more point. Oh, yeah, you can request a free one if... No, that's it. Yeah, if you get turned down by any kind of credit, you can request a free one from all the bureaus, all the agencies. So, and they have to, and if they make any changes, so if they change your name or whatever, then you have to tell them that anyone who has run my credit in the past six months and 
I could possibly have been turned down because of your mistake. You need to now send them an updated report and ask them to to take away the hard search mm-hmm. that you did and um, run it again in like if you wanted the product again. Wow. Okay. So, so gems, gems. So all right. So let's talk <laughs> about um, let's talk about credit utilization, right? Because this is always one that you know. I'm lucky. I don't have any debts, any, any, any debts at all. I don't, I paid off my car, I paid off my credit card. I've only got like a mortgage. That's pretty much it. So I find myself in a really oh. important uh, position. I would say a lucky position in that yeah. regard. But how important does credit utilization? So you've got a credit card, how much you use in it, how much of, how much of that is important in terms of the overall report when it comes down to the nitty gritty, because obviously credit cards now are, going to be on alternative to overdraft because overdraft APRs are ridiculous right now. Yeah. Um, thanks to the FCA, not really putting their foot down. Um, mm-hmm. So with people likely more going to towards credit cards, should is there a sweet spot for the credit utilization on a credit card? Yeah, 100%. The thing is that with credit, everything is numbers. Uh, like the credit report itself is numbers. The payment history, like how old your credit is, is numbers, credit age, that's, that is taken into consideration. How many types of credit is numbers, everything is numbers. So one of the things that I do is just to try and find these secret numbers that affect the average consumer. Mm-hmm. So in terms of credit utilization, so there's three, there's three like levels or three um, spots that you should find yourself in one of these three. Um, sorry, there's four. The fourth one is the negative one. Mm-hmm. So the we'll start off with a negative. So anything above thirty percent of like your whole so the credit card a hundred hundred one thousand pounds. So anything above thirty percent of that thousand pound will start um, affecting you negatively. So it could be you know thirty one percent. As soon as you hit that thirty percent and above then your points start going down. Mm-hmm. So do not use, if you can help it, do not use 30% or more. Between, I generally say 25% should be the, the absolute most, just to give you that cushion of 5% yeah, sure. in yeah. case anything happens. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if you need to buy something extra that month, at least you have that 5%. So 25% is... Uh, a good place to be so if you're in a lot of credit card debt um and you're only able to to pay off some of it try your hardest to get it to 25 percent. even if you leave it there that's much better you, it, it won't affect it will affect your score in terms of it will give you a few points just because you paid it down but it won't be it won't be dramatic mm-hmm. but at least that is a safe place to be now between 10 and 25 is where it starts becoming good. So that's mm-hmm. a good spot to be. 10 to 25% of the credit limit is a good place to be. But if you want to start seeing like big increase in terms of points or for it to, to really shine as a, a positive account, you need to stay between 2 and 9%. Okay. I don't know where they get these numbers or how, but 2 and 9%, it, if you look at it as 2% because at least you're using it. So mm-hmm. then you're getting the usage, the, the card is being used. It can class you really as a, a, a 
customer that is using the card and your current customer, all those kind of things. So it's, it has to be used at some point. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, a credit card, pay it, pay it down to at least 15% just to start getting the good points. But if you have a credit card that you haven't used at all, then only use between two and nine percent monthly or every other month just and with that that starts then you can start asking for credit limit increases because you're you know you're actively using mm-hmm. it you start getting uh, points boost every i would say every other month you're starting to because once it registers and it sees that you're paying it down and that's another thing you have to pay it down mm-hmm. every month um it's showing that you're active, you understand how credit works, you're, you know the rules and regulations around it, and you know you know the hacks and all of that. So they're just like, okay, we can reward you for being good. Yeah. So yeah, so stay between two two to nine percent if you want to um, get all the points and like especially if you're going for a mortgage, you want to show that yeah, I'm I'm able to manage my money that I, I'm only using that um that, that range. percentage yeah. yeah so what happens if you've like had credit cards and you just don't use them and they're just open is that can that have a negative impact yes it does um because i mean it, so so most people think okay i've got it there and i don't i don't need to use it like i i'm trying to get away from any credit card debt and it's like yeah but then you're still not showing that you can handle it mm. just having it doesn't mean that you you only show your your good of it is when you use it mm. it's like i don't know it's like having a gym gym membership just because i have a gym membership that doesn't mean anything it's when yeah. i go to the gym and i'm using the membership and i'm turning up three days a week that's when it's like oh okay you're a gym member but you actually use your membership yeah so then from their point of view they look they're looking at you as okay you you're utilizing what you've been given. So last, that's what I said, two to 9%. That could be, I don't know, 30 pound mm-hmm. or 15 pound. And just that alone is showing that I don't really need the credit card, but you know, I understand that this helps my credit report. I understand that this is a facility that I can use as and when, and it's not crippling me because I can just pay it off yeah. um, end of the month. So I normally say if you've had really old accounts, you have to be careful that they don't close it down. Um, use if they it close like it down, is it negative if they close it down? That doesn't, it doesn't show up, but I mean, it's negative for you because mm. then your utilization goes down because you yeah. have a utilization of each account and then you have an overall. Mm-hmm. So if you have two or three cards, a thousand each and, um, you're using, say on one card, you're using 250. Your utilization is low because overall you've overall. got 3,000. Yeah. Whereas now if they close one of their 1,000 and you've only now got 2,000, the utilization shoots up. Right. So you don't, wanna, you don't want to close, you don't want to close any accounts. And also what I have seen is that you may close it because you think oh, I'm not going to use it, but then you have a late payment somewhere else, maybe on your phone bill which now drags your score down, drags your report down. And if you were to go for a credit card, you don't have that same access to Mm. 3,000 because now they're going to run your report with that late payment, which 
there's like, well, you've had a late payment, so now your report is in a negative state, so we can't give you the same uh, amount. Yeah. yeah. So I would say just keep it. Just keep it there. Use it between 2 to 9%. Like I said, go to Starbucks, treat your friend, take your neighbor. Go to Starbucks, buy a drink, four or five pounds each. Um, let it register for two or three days, pay it off, and you're keeping that account alive because you just never know. A lot of people, if imagine if they had closed their account before this COVID stuff, yeah. and now they need they were furloughed, they could have had access to two or three thousand of that credit card. Yeah. Which now they don't because you know they closed it down and you know anything can happen. So don't not use your card. Keep it active. Just go buy a loaf of bread, pint of milk, something, just to let them know that, yeah, you still want it and that you're able to use it, pay it down, and it's not affecting your finances. Okay, so a couple of questions for you on this then. So um, I get credit card offers all of the time. I probably got about three, but I don't, I don't, I don't use them. Well, there's two that I've just not used at all. And I probably not used them for maybe two or three years. And my philosophy was, well, it's there if it's there, but I'm pretty okay. So what you're saying is make sure that you use it, but just literally pay it off, register it for two, three days or whatever payment you have, pay it off. Um, so with that in mind, then when it comes to credit card utilization, is Mm -hmm. it worth at what point do you decide, well, actually, I've got three cards here. Should I cancel one? Or should you just always keep them open? Because I, I mean, it, you... it depends on the credit limit, though, right? Yeah, that's, enough, that's what I wanted to go into. It depends on a few things. Number one, like, you already have a mortgage. So, I mean, you're not necessarily trying to build your credit report for anything. Because mm. you've you've got one of the biggest purchases, unless you go on to investment property and things like that. So majority of people don't have a mortgage or don't have a calm finance or anything. So they're trying to build their report to mm-hmm. get that product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So having all these cards and they are not being used, I would say use it because you're trying to build your profile to get the mortgage. So that's one thing. Another thing, if you have, so a lot of lenders look at the credit limits, like you said, if it's below a thousand, they don't, they see that as a negative thing. Okay. Because they'll see it as you haven't been trusted it with enough. I mean. With a decent amount of money. Yeah. 900 mm. pound is not that much, but a thousand now, if you've been trusted with a thousand, like, okay, we can start taking you seriously um because from there it kind of just keeps shooting up mm-hmm. every month or every year whatever so having a credit card uh, I had to tell one of my clients to cancel they had a capital one and it was like 250 and I said just just cancel it um it, those cards are a great if you have no credit at all and you're starting to build then that's where that's those are the good cards to go to start for. with yeah yeah, just to build up. And um, I think Capital One after that, it goes to like 450 and it stays there for some time. And they're, they're not really good in terms of um, increases, but interest, if you're starting Interest rates off, are high as well on those. Crazy yeah, interest if, rates. If you're starting off and you have no credit cards, they're, they're really good for mm-hmm. beginners, beginner credit card holders. So um, having 
a credit card that is less than a thousand is is actually negative especially if you're going for a mortgage or go for a big purchase like a car um so for someone like you you could close it but then it's just like what do you what do you gain or what do you what do you gain from yeah. closing it like yeah. it's just better just to have that facility you just never know when you're going to need it uh, it could be a holiday and most of these credit cards now come with some kind of incentive. Protection. So, they come with protection yeah, as well. So for big purchases, they're really, really good. And incentives. So like your air miles, things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have a credit card that doesn't give you anything, then, I mean, you could close it. But there's a lot of, like, give you cash back, give you air miles, give you some vouchers, like things like that. So always have these open. Um, just just to have the access i think because we've seen in the past what six seven months you see how quickly the economy changes and mm. how salaries are cut and things like that it's like you need to have these safety nets so i would always just say just just keep it it's not harming you if he's just there <laughs> yeah so it's better just to have it just have it because you just never know that is my thing yeah so Importantly, people need to obviously review their credit report clearly and just understand exactly 100%. what's there and just know, just knowing mm-hmm. is really, really important. How often do you, do you think that's important? Is it once a year or twice a year? What, what's your general go-to? If you're, I think this all comes down to what you have decided to do. So if you're going to get, uh, most of my clients are trying to buy a house in the next year. So because of that, the intensity of knowing what's on your credit report and working towards, because you're working towards having the mortgage. Mm-hmm. So I would say to them, it's like every other month, especially if you're working with me, um, it's every other month because if we're getting things taken off or you're adding products or things, you're going to see the changes in your report as you're going along. Mm-hmm. Generally, um, if you're not going for any kind of product or whatever, you should be checking it at least I would say three or four times a year mm-hmm. because like I said, I had a CCJ and I did, cause I didn't check my report is only because I got um, rejected for some phone contract. I was like, how, <laughs> <laughs> like, how who gets rejected for phones? Like, I was like, nope, something's up. Yeah. <laughs> I know my credit. <laughs> so because I didn't check my credit report, I didn't see this, horrible ccj so you need to be checking at least at least three or four times a year just to see what has been reported and especially if um like you've got a credit so my one of my credit cards wasn't showing my increased limit which goes against my utilization Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i had to now you know speak to the bank and say you need to update my credit report that you've changed my credit limit because my utilization is being affected. So if I don't check my report, you're not going to know. I'm not going to know these Mm -hmm. things and they're not going to tell you the experience Equifax. All they do is hold information. They don't really process. They don't process anything. Mm -hmm. If BT decided today, I'm going to give Laura uh, a default. They would fill out. There's, um, they have this format that um, they upload to Equifax or Experian. 
they have your name, your client number, your account number. Um, did they pay yes or no? They can just write no. Like a human would just write no mm -hmm. and then just upload it. And Equifax is saying, she didn't pay. And it's like, that's not the truth. One, I don't even have a BT account. So where did you get my details from? Mm -hmm. And two, just because of that, there's no way I could have paid you late. So Equifax and Experian don't tell you, they don't ring you or, or you know, send you a letter. By the way, you've got a default. They don't. That's not their job. Your, it's your job to check what is written about you. It's your, it's your own, job. It's to, on you. Yeah. It's your job to, to know who is reporting credit cards about you, who is reporting um, anything financial about you. It's not to do with Equifax and experience. So you can't rely on them. Like now you can set up alerts that, oh, something has changed on your report. Mm -hmm. But if you're not even at the space that you set up anything like that, nobody is going to tell you anything. So mm. everything is on you to find out what is reported about you. Is it correct? Are the dates correct? Is this even my account? Which yeah. seems to happen quite a lot. Because yeah. if you, especially I've had a father and son and because their names are the same, the father, <laughs> the, the father's account, it was a credit card, came onto the son's account, which would have meant that he opened a credit card when he was like 12. <laughs> How does you that were, even make sense? Yeah. You would think a human being would catch that, but actually it's not a human being who's processing it a lot of exactly. the time. Exactly. Yeah. So it's things like this. That's why I just say you need to just check it. Like, don't be so, don't be embarrassed. Don't be scared. Just check it. The worst that can happen is that you read bad things about you. Yeah. But then get information and get it sorted. It, you know what? I, I used to advise on mortgages and the amount of times that I would be speaking to people about, oh yeah, okay, we're ready to apply for this mortgage now. And Ooh. be like, okay, um, so how's your credit report? And you're like, credit what? And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So hold yeah. up. So you haven't checked your credit report. <laughs> you're about to go and apply for a mortgage for a house, but you have no idea what the banks are going to look at that tell them information about you and whether they're going to yeah. give you this mortgage. And I'm like, my advice to people was, you need to start that process way early, like a yeah. year or so before, like, <laughs> yeah. to make sure that you're in good step for step for that kind of purchase, mm -hmm. which is a big thing because, you know, who wants to be in a position where you've worked so hard for your deposit you know, mm -hmm. you finally got that. You've been house hunting. You've seen the house that you really, really, dream really, really house. want. It's dream house. You're really excited. You've handed over that deposit, about to press the apply button, and then it's a uh -uh, because exactly. you haven't checked what's on your credit report. And I think it's a, it's something that is very, very important that people need to have at the forefront of their mind. I always um, describe the credit report as your financial avatar. It's you, Ooh. but your finances. Yeah. It's you walking around, but it's all of your financial history and it's either mm. good or it's bad. And you, your job bad. is to try and make yourself look as attractive as possible, put, yeah. your, put your best on in front of the bank so they can give you what you basically want. And that's how I always yeah. used to describe it to people. But yeah, it's, an, it's always an interesting topic when you talk about credit because there's so many facets to it. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are embarrassed. They're just like, oh, I just, I just know my credit score is going to be low. And it's like, mm. okay, so... Until you check, number one, you don't have that information. Mm -hmm. um, and two, if you want to do something about it, 
you actually need to do something about it. <laughs> you well, need to start Well, from now somewhere. they have you. They have you to help you, <laughs> help them. Like prior, like, like you said, you being the first person to do this, I think, you know, and accredited by the FCA is a really, really, really big thing. Um, and again, I think you, you need to be on TV and radio and all this kind of uh. stuff telling people because there are so many people that don't understand this stuff. I always say when it comes to money specifically, investing, money management, uh, properties, credit scores, people need to have a look at it as though it's a game and it is a game. If you're playing a game, you need to know the rules. You don't go into chess not understanding how to play play chess. You don't go into Monopoly without understanding the rules of Monopoly. Mm-hmm. If you do not know the rules, you're going to get run over. That is exactly. the simple fact. So yeah. understanding the rules to this game called money and its different facets is extremely important if you want to win, if you want to be able to achieve life goals and mortgages and buy to let properties and investments. You need to know yeah. the rules that you're playing to. And, you know, I guess part of what you and I do is we're trying to educate people on the rules of these different elements of, of money yeah. and finances. Yeah, especially all the hidden stuff. Mm. like you didn't know about the the default thing and no i didn't know that it's it's out there but <laughs> it's hidden but, then, I mean, yeah, but you, the, you wouldn't go to the ico you wouldn't think what's what's the information commissioner's office what yeah. are they what are they doing about my credit and and <laughs> even worse the companies aren't going to tell you that they can't do that for of three course. months <laughs> they'll be like okay you, you don't want to pay okay it's going on your report so yeah so and another thing is that if you know, if you know these things, when you start, when you see this, you, you'll now be more proactive in opening your letters that, okay, have, they've sent me two reminders. Like I've only got one reminder left before mm-hmm. I put it a default. Let me just, you know, sort this out. Whatever's going on in my life, this will hurt me in, in the long term. So let me just sort this out if it's, because once you start communicating with them, they kind of have to reset the whole process. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of save yourself in that way. Like now you know the rules of free, free strikes and you're out, basically. Whereas between three to, to six, so it doesn't necessarily have to be like the fourth month. It could, depending on how quick they report it, it can, but it has to, it will go up to six months. Mm. So, um, yes, yeah, so now you know these things you can be like, you don't hide, don't hide from your letters. I think a lot of people just assume that, you know, if I don't open a letter, they're not going to do yeah. anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. yes, they will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and most of these things, they, they're just sending it out of formality because they also know the rules. So they will send these things out of formality. And um, like something that I recently that I came across another gem as they say so the if you have a debt and it goes to debt collections so you let's just use tesco for example so you um have a debt with tesco alone and you go into default once they sell it on to a debt collection uh the debt collection cannot register a default no, they have to register a default, but it has to be exactly the same date as the original mm-hmm. default. But then as soon as they register a default, Tesco has to take the default off your right. uh, report. So I've seen a lot of credit reports where it looks like now they've got like six or seven defaults when really they should it's just, just have two. Mm-hmm. Like for, they should have one for an account, but you know, one for all of them. So these things, so now if your lender goes, 
and sees your report, it's like, whoa, you got like mm-hmm. 10 defaults. It's like, what? Like how? So it's all these things. Like I said, it's all hidden, but it's, it's out there. Wow. The information is there. You just need to look for it. There's oh, so just much... come and see me. Yeah, and I'll no, tell you. Definitely go and see Laura. <laughs> and you know what? There's so much stuff I wanted to ask you. We've not even talked about the whole FCA process. I wanted to know though, because you mentioned this over the weekend and you said there's a story behind it. What's the story behind the business name? Oh, so Eleni is I mean the story's not that juicy. I don't even know what I said. Oh, don't tell me anyway. <laughs> tell me it's anyway. Just, um it's it's just a mashup basically of mine and my daughter's name because I believe and this is one of the things reasons why I did this, it's all about generational wealth. Like mm-hmm. I speak a lot about generational wealth to my family, so my daughter and to my my clients. And like when you sort out your credit. I want you to pass this information on to your family. I want mm-hmm. you to pass this. I said to my friend um, recently, I was like, as soon as my daughter turns 18, if you know the amount of credit accounts I'm going <laughs> to open for her, she's going to have American Express at 18. <laughs> like, because these things, like what you leave is is more than just, it's not just money. It's also it's information. Your name. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, information, your name and all of that. So anyway, Ellen I is just a mashup of my name and my daughter's name just to represent that this information is for generations. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that's a story. I love right? it. I love <laughs> it. I absolutely love it. I think I, I, I'm certainly all about legacy. And you, you, the reason why I do what I do is because I think we're really poor at financial education. And like I said, there are so many facets to money. There's investing, there's money management, there's you know debt management, there's what you're doing with credit. And all of these things, they do interlink. They're all interconnected. Mm-hmm. And we're so poor at educating people around the rules to the game, right? We don't mm-hmm. get it in school. Like, how can we not get it in school? I don't get it. Like, my big frustration is how can you leave school and not understand what the stock market is? How can you leave school not understanding how debt or credit works? For me, it's criminal. So... I started this because I was like, okay, if I can use my experiences in some small way to help people understand and better people, then at least I create a legacy of my own. So after I'm gone, oh, well, this is what Pete did. This is what he did to help improve financial education. And I think that's really, really, really important. And, you know, there needs to be more people like yourself and me. And I know there's a massive community of us now. So social media and stuff like that. And, you know, things can only get better from here. Yeah, but it, it does come down to application. I can, someone can listen to this podcast and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they just go on, you know, Boohoo and use Klarna. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to, <laughs> it comes down to application. Are you yeah. going to, like, I want to do a challenge of like having your credit report because that alone, that's like the first, the first mm-hmm. step, just, just getting the information that so many people are scared of looking at their credit report. So, it's great to have this community and it's great to, you know, speak about it a lot, but it still always comes down to the individual and them applying what they've learned over the weekend. Did they take, did you even take notes and mm-hmm. notes that like, did you come with an intention when you look, when you watch the E-Man effect or when you watch pennies to and when you watch all these like really cool vibrant people are you making intentional notes that this is what i i need 
how many people from the weekend went and looked at life insurance? Mm-hmm. How many people downloaded their credit report since then? There's, there are free ways, although now I think I've stopped promoting free, free way to get your credit because then you don't really take it seriously. It doesn't, it doesn't require any investment. I, I've certainly learned that people don't find value in anything free. In order for no. people to buy in and actually take action, you, there needs to be a monetary investment because otherwise, oh, it's free, it didn't cost me anything. Whereas if you're spending your money, you're going to do something about it. And that is true with anything, you know, acquiring knowledge. Like if you pay to acquire knowledge, you're likely more likely to use it and actually yeah. do something about it than oh, it was free, which is lying around, you know. Yeah, I'll pick it up, and it's you're right. The application is just so so important. You can yeah. you can know everything on the planet, but if you don't ever use any of that information, you might as well not know it at all. Really. Exactly. So yes. So all of these things, like I say, comes down to application, comes down to intention, comes down to what you want for yourself. Um, are you willing to pay for this service because you know it's going to help you? Like just say Equifax, I think it's like seven pounds something a month to monitor your credit report and credit score. I know on a normal day, I can spend that on a Starbucks drink. Yeah, on a Starbucks. coffee. Yeah, yeah, on a coffee, yeah. <laughs> so it shouldn't, so that's why I said I, I don't like to promote the, the free and even my consultations, I'm going to put it out there. Soon I'm going to start charging. I'm no more free con- consultations. As you should because, though. Yeah, I think As you I'm should. going to start charging because actually um it takes up a lot of my time and as much as i love to give information um you know i want you to take it seriously because you're taking my time and you're taking your own time so you should be proud that yeah i've paid i say 10 pounds for this consultation and this is what i've got from it like i'm on my way to to where i want to be so um it is it just everything just comes down to application and Laura, I know what the process getting approval with the FCA is like. And we haven't oh. spoken about that. But I know that that is often, <laughs> it's, it's painful. It's Flashbacks. very, very rigorous and meticulous. They, don't, they do not play. I know how hard that is. And, you know, the, the fact that you are the only one in the UK authorised and accredited by them definitely gives you a lot of clout professionally it really 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 does so you know anyone that who comes process. to see you should feel privileged in the fact that they're speaking to someone who has actually gone through that process of making sure that you adhere to the high standards that they want you to in order to provide a great service and good outcome to your client yeah and even just like the application alone is very expensive just just for the application um the whole process is long it took me a year to mm. go through it and um, I think by law, it's around 13 months or something that they have to do with your application. So um, it's it's long, but it was worth it. And throughout it, I was just like, there, was, there were times I just wanted to give up. I was like, yeah. this is this is a lot bigger than what I thought. Because I, I didn't go in to this application really knowing what. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but if you did, you'd probably big, be like, no, I'm not I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I probably wouldn't have gone through it if I knew exactly like the scale. It's a very serious thing. <laughs> and um, like I said, it took me a year. The, the, and I'm so glad I did it because now, which gives me that advantage, 
that now I see it from the SCA's point of view or the type of service I'm meant to give to clients, customers. So if I'm on a long, so I'm basically alongside Barclays, mm -hmm. alongside like all your major uh, banks and all your major creditors, I'm alongside them. It's, there's no, or they're high or whatever, because we're all FCA authorized. Mm -hmm. So I can see from what was required of me, the, the cover that you as a consumer, you as a client have. So, and so one of my, in my contract, I was only allowed to write certain things to protect you as a client. So now when I'm speaking to my client and say, well, because I had to do it to be authorized, I know that they BT have or yeah, or your, I don't know, Amigo or what, all those creditors, they also should have a clause in there to kind of get you out of the contract somehow, or that they have to follow these rules um, when they're dealing with your reports or dealing with your um, finances. So I'm so glad I went through it because like I said, I can see it from both the consumer, like being reported about and also what I have to follow when I'm reporting people. So um, I'm so glad I did it. It was, it was really, really hard just to put into perspective of just how big a, the application is. If you, so you can do it yourself, which is what I did. Um, but if you were to go with uh, a compliance company, it will cost you around 15 to 20,000 for them to do the application for you. Oh, so, and by the way, the, the application fee that you would have paid just for them to even consider having a look at your application isn't in the hundreds of pounds either. Uh, it's ridiculous it's how much lot. they charge. It <laughs> so, is a lot. Just think, if a compliance company has to charge 15 to 20K, how, like, for, for them to do it, and that doesn't mean they take it all off you and do it for you. You still have to work alongside mm -hmm. them. So that just shows just how big this thing is. And I, like I said, I didn't really go in, and I'm glad I didn't because it's true, I probably would have been put off um, because I would have felt small. Mm -hmm. I went in there saying, well, this is what I need. It's like getting your driver license. I need a driver license to drive a car. So that's how I looked at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it like you said, it gives me that credibility, it gives me that insight as well, that the access to information that as a normal consumer you won't have. And that is I use that to help people. I'm trying to 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 be the the one that, like I said, takes that veil away of all the secrecy in the FCA. Like I want to take that veil away and give you the information that is needed to help you and your future. Absolutely. So how do people find you? Um, so I am very um, accessible on Instagram. I, I'm always on Instagram. I do have my website, lnicredit.com. Um, but I'm, you know, DM me on Instagram. I answer majority of my DMs when they come through. Um, and so that's LNI at LNI Credit. That's across Facebook. Twitter, uh, LinkedIn is on there as well, LNI Credits. My personal LinkedIn is Laura Alozi. So you can look for me there, but Instagram is the, the main place that I am. So you can DM me any questions. In the link in my bio, you, you can set up a call. I also have some freebies there. So some general information about credit and money management. 
I also have a book on Amazon um, about credit. So it's called the Elite UK Credit Repair Guide. That's on Amazon. So you can buy that. And most of the things I talk about is in the book. There are a few extras like how to dispute your defaults and CCJs and things like that. That's all in the book and some money management tips in the book as well. So yeah, you can find me most places. <laughs> and as always, guys, the links will be in the show notes to the podcast. So if you want to contact Laura, I'm going to point you to her on Instagram and I'll put you point you to the book also um, on the show notes. So make sure you do go check it out. Go follow her. Definitely go follow her. Um, if you're serious about you know achieving some life course, you're looking to buy a house like most people are, then you definitely need to do So I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. I enjoyed this. Yeah, it's been really, really good. This is probably going to be one of my longer podcasts, actually. To be I was looking and, at the title. And I, like, I am not. I am not going to chop it down. I am definitely oh, not really? going to chop it down because people need to hear this. Um, yeah. It's been a great conversation. It's been really, really good. You dropped some real gems. Like, I've learned something as well. So thank okay, you. Okay, that's good. Really, really do. So, guys. Thank you so much. That is the end of this week's podcast. Again, it's been an interesting conversation. And, you know, um, I want to bring more people like Laura on, on board to, you know, give gems just like this. There's so much stuff. And, you know, that's the whole game of the podcast. The podcast is actually going to begin to change in terms of how it looks and its layout. Um, I'll speak a little bit more about that in the coming weeks. Um, but I think a little bit of a shakeup is needed right now um, as to, you know, we've got our foothold now. So, in the meantime, if you have any questions, you know you can contact me. Go and follow Laura. Um, but until the next episode, we'll catch you soon. Cheers, bye.